0: Hello and welcome to another Around the Rings podcast. Nick Devlin here, and we are talking about uh, it's never too early to talk about the medalists for the uh, Rio 2016 Olympics. And uh, the gentleman I have joining me today makes that his uh, makes a living off of uh, finding out, figuring out who's going to win um, the various medals at the at the Olympic Games. We've talked to him before, and uh, he, Simon Gleave is rejoining us from Infrastrata Sports. They're uh, rolling out their first projected medal table for the uh, Rio Olympics. Simon, how are you?
1: Yeah, very well. Thank you, Nick. Good to see you again.
0: Yeah, good. Uh, good to talk to you. Hey, I, uh, I just saw I just uh, the the medal table's coming out. It's about uh, we've still got a, a little under a year and a half until the games, but uh, the the medal table is is coming out uh, today, I guess. And uh, I want to talk about uh, what. G- let me give your give me your uh, your first impressions upon uh, upon you know looking at the findings. Well,
1: I'd say um the United States are gonna do very well, which should uh should please you. I should also say I mean we're releasing this now because it's uh five hundred days before the uh the games begin, so that seemed like a nice sort of milestone date to uh to choose. But uh yeah, the USA uh we have uh, the USA on nearly hundred medals, forty seven golds. So that's better than the last time around, which uh is, in, is obviously impressive. Um, China second, Russia third. I don't think that's particularly gonna surprise anybody, obviously the British were third the last time around but at, uh, at home in London, but uh, I don't think it's much of a surprise if Russia take that position back again. Um, France fourth, Germany fifth, Australia sixth, Great Britain seventh, and a very good performance by Brazil to finish in eighth place, is what we're saying at the moment, with um, an extra um, nine medals, I think it is, for uh, in comparison to what they did in London, and ten goals, which would be an amazing uh, performance. So that's sort of what we're looking at at the moment, but uh, it looks like very good news for the U.S. in any case.
0: And we've talked a little bit before about, uh, and I want to I just go touch on this again because we always talk about how, uh, it, one of, I think one of the fascinating parts of what you do is, is talking about the, the home country receiving that bump and how you how you calculate that. And I know you did that for, for Sochi, and we talked about that quite uh, extensively. Now, d- does that kind of, um, algorithm for for calculating the, the home country metals does that get tweaked at all did, did, did sochi affect that at all or is it a totally different <laughs> process
1: no it didn't i mean to be fair what yeah, obviously we were, we were somewhat under in sochi for, uh, for the russians it 's true um, but you know, it 's very difficult for, for us to know when we 're looking purely at uh, a data how much results can be affected by you know the track of something that the home uh, competitors happen to know uh, very, very, very well. I mean, looking at data on Sochi since uh, the games, from the bobsleigh in particular, it seems very clear that, uh, that the Russian bobsleigh drivers knew exactly what to do when that wasn't necessarily the case with, uh, with some of the others. Um, particularly the, uh, the gold medal winner was, uh, was slowing down in a specific corner, for example, where no one else was slowing down, which was very interesting, because presumably then to come... And do the last part of the race much faster. Uh, it's a very simple algorithm. We just we just really boost um, we, we boost medalists up somewhat. We think that uh, the medals work the, the way the medals are is, is already quite accurate, because you're seeing uh, the um, effect of extra investment, which is the main thing I think. Uh, that's going on. You're seeing that in the results that they are producing in the competitions leading up to the Olympic Games over the the, the four years uh, between the two Olympics. So that's being taken account of. But um, we boost up. Uh, well, we give a little boost to the people who are in those medal positions. So it tends to push a few who would otherwise be in silver medal position up into gold, a few from bronze up into uh, into silver. But the test that we've done, it, it, it looks like this is about the right uh, about the right sort of pitch on this. Um, and I can only really look at Sochi as, as being an outlier because of specific events that uh, that took place. So. And do you see? Uh,
0: I mean, there's. I think there's one of two ways you can look at this. Just as just from a theoretical standpoint, I mean, you've got the athletes who have more exposure. Those the Russian athletes were able to train. Um, on the actual olympic course there's also um you might say that there's this there's the the swell of nationalism and the swell of pride that causes uh, uh that leads to that greater performance do you tend to think do you tend to side with one of those or the other as as why the the bump is tends to be so extreme
1: yeah I think both of those both of those uh i wouldn't say i side with with one or the other i think uh you know like most things this complex uh, stuff going on and it's a variety of different uh, yeah, d- d- um, different things that are producing that sort of uh, bump, that host nation bump, um, but certainly uh, yeah, investment is very important. If you don't invest initially in, uh, in your uh, athletes to produce those better performances, then clearly they're not uh, going to be able to. You need to give them what they need in order to be able to produ- to produce at the top level. So that would be perhaps more important than anything else, but the other things are also important too.
0: And, and we've talked about that, that that host nation bump in terms of it not only provides um, the country, you've seen a bump in the uh, Olympics that they host, but also it tends to be in the, uh, in the Olympics following. So I assume um, Great Britain receiving a little bit of bump after hosting in 2012?
1: Um, yeah, it depends on what you're comparing it to, really. Um, yeah that's a difficult question to answer I mean certainly as far as uh, what we currently have you know the uh, the performance of Great Britain is expected to be down quite a bit on uh, London 2012 which again is something that you that you would expect looking at uh, the historical uh, games for other host nations other host nations they, they, they peak when they host it and then afterwards their performance is uh, is not as good as it was when they hosted it which is yeah reasonably uh, to be expected I think There's, there hasn't been a single host nation I believe who has uh, improved their performance in the subsequent games after hosting and uh, yeah we're saying that Britain won't do it either although that is the, that is the aim of uh, of Great Britain as far as I understand it mhm
0: and uh, and getting back to the United States, I noticed in the in the in the material that you sent me, um, the United States has a few uh, athletes who are expected to win multiple medals. There's Missy Franklin and Katie Ledecky and, and and Simone Biles, and we're we're expecting to see those. But also, Michael Phelps is down as a guy who uh, who's expected to win multiple medalists, which I think might come as a surprise to some, just given that he's he's been retired. There was initially some question about whether he would compete, but uh, you you run the projection the projection and uh, and and. I I guess that is that a uh, is that a difficult thing because he was he was retired and totally out of competition. Does that affect the numbers? Does that skew things at all?
1: Um, well, the thing is, he's he's now active, and obviously, what's happening here is his uh, Olympic performance is uh, is still. Important within the model because we're only uh, you know we're only two and a bit years away from the from the last Olympics taking place, so that's having an effect. Um, there's a World Swimming Championships later this year where uh, you know that will be that that's a very important event within this model. So he will have to, you know, perform if he if he um, takes part, he will have to perform there in order to keep these uh, these positions. I mean, in a way, that's the that's the beauty of this type of model is that it's dynamic and it changes with it with every event that takes place. And so we can see over time from now until the Olympic Games itself, how, you know, how that's going to develop whether people are going to drop out of these uh, gold medal positions or medal positions and who, which new athletes are coming into them. And that's, uh, that's always something that I find really interesting
0: yeah is that a whole other level of I guess as far as like projecting and saying uh, that would take some I guess editorializing on your part to say um, this is how things because you you emphasize that this is a this is a look at how the Olympics what the projections would be if things were held um, today essentially, whereas um, obviously they're not going to be held today they're going to be held in 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 five hundred days, but that's I guess a uh, a level of editorializing as far as figuring out you know projecting. Condition for athletes and it, that they'll be in uh, 500 days from now. That's um, probably, a, I guess, is that a level of projection that's that's beyond what what can be done right now?
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, uh, I mean, there's a lot of uh, stuff to happen between now and then, of course. But I think the the, the medal table as a whole um, is in the region of what uh, of what one would might one might expect once you go down into individual. Um, individual event performances—that's uh, then it's a completely diff- different kettle of fish. A lot of stuff can change between uh, between now and then. As you say, it's 500 days to go. That's a long time. There's a lot of events to be to take place. There's world championships in uh, in pretty much everything uh, between now and then. Those are all important events. There's uh, there's a lot of other competitions going on which we take into account here. So. But yeah, you know, to me that just makes it nice. That makes it a nice dynamic and interesting uh, thing that we can keep coming back to between now and uh, the games themselves, and perhaps have a little bit more than just um, opinion to try and uh, say, you know, who's going to do well at the Olympic Games and how these different countries are going to perform. It's nice to have something which is a bit more evidence based as well as the subjective opinions that uh, that that are around uh, so broadly uh, about the olympic games which of course are also extremely important as well
0: sure Sure, and and one other thing I want to uh, I want to touch on before I let you go is uh, golf making its a uh, making its debut at the Oli- or its return to the Olympics I should say um, in Rio de Janeiro and golf notoriously is a uh, is a highly unpredictable sport and uh, and you've got it here in your in your projections can you talk a little bit about what it's been like to uh, to design a model to uh, to project who would win medals at the olympics when really you could you know you could toss a coin out there and and, and probably come up with come up with something
1: that's not just the case with golf of course but um, just uh, to talk first about golf we use the the results in the in the four majors um, and we use those results in each year from the last olympic games up until now so uh, if you're consistently performing well in the majors then uh, you're going to come out quite highly on this and so it'll be no surprise for people to hear that uh, our current gold medalist is, uh, is Rory McIlroy. Um, but uh, yeah, golf isn't uh, isn't on its own in this respect. When it comes to trying to predict a lot of uh, a lot of the Olympic events, you know, you're you're stuck with sometimes with uh, very little data or very unpredictable events. An example of something which would be perhaps as unpredictable as, as golf would be the uh, the road cycling race, where uh, again we use the best. Sort of events that there are on the uh, on the cycling calendar for each year in between uh, the two Olympic games, but to try and predict who's going to win the cycling road race when it's also affected, like golf, is by weather conditions, by the condition of the course, etc., etc., etc. It's the same sort of setup. So golf is no different. We do the best we can out of the data that we have available, but we know that that is a more difficult event to um, predict than, let's say, the 100 meters, where there's a lot more data, where you know who's, who the fastest people are, they're the people who are likely to win, etc., etc. So that's uh, that's really what it comes down to. We have predictable events, we have unpredictable events, and golf happens to be one of the more unpredictable ones. It's, uh,
0: it's, it's, it's always a fascinating process. Simon, I appreciate you joining us.
1: Thank you very much. I enjoyed it.
0: Well uh, the the Rio 2016 medal projections 500 days to go to Rio you can check them out um at, uh, at InfoStrata Sports and we'll have a we'll have a link to the projection on the on the website. Uh, this is Nick Devlin. Simon Glee from InfoStrata Sports is our guest and we'll talk to you soon on Around the Rings.